Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, integrative life coach and self-care advocate for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey who are ready to lead healthier and happier lives and improve their emotional well-being through holistic solutions. I interview coaches, spiritual explorers, and thought leaders from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. In this season of the podcast, I'm inviting you to lean into well-being. Well-being takes into account the entire person, body, mind, and spirit. It's feeling good and functioning well. It's experiencing positive emotions such as contentment and gratitude. It's developing your potential, having a sense of purpose, and experiencing close relationships. Today's guest is Susie Devon, and I know you're going to love her if you're not already a fan. Susie is a speaker, author, healing guide, and channel. She speaks the light language of love and proudly serves humanity with her illuminated consciousness. She is a natural-born leader on a mission to help heal the world one person at a time. Thank you for coming back to the show, Susie. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you, Cindy. It's great to be back. I wanted to have you back on to talk about self-care during the holidays. And I really think this is such an important topic. I just got back from vacation. On each flight, the flight attendant would say, as part of their safety preparations, you need to put on your own oxygen mask first before helping others. So as we're starting to get into that hustle and bustle of the holidays, it's so important to remember to take time to care for our own needs and our own emotions. So I'm happy you're here to, to talk about that. I love this topic. It's a great idea, especially when we have a lot of stress going on right now within our lives and in the world. And then to put the holidays on top of it can be stressful as well. I want to start off, and I think this is just like a perfect place to start, is it's so easy to fall out of our daily habits during the holidays. And I think it's important that our bodies stick to some sort of routine, just as a way to stay grounded, for example. And so can we talk about the importance of prioritizing our mental health during the holidays and really making time for our routines? Absolutely. I think that's a really good point to continue with the things that work well for us, even during that busy time and to have time to do all of it, have to have time to take care of ourselves and our needs and to show up to the, the parties and the, the events and, and the family gatherings and all of the things that join into our schedules on top of that requires some really good scheduling and some preparation. And it could be really easy to forget about yourself in the mix when there is so much going on. But we do better when we when we do stick to the things that work for us, when we take care of our needs first, because we're used to those things that we do for ourselves. And if we're not, it's a good, you know, it's a great thing to be doing. And it helps us to stay balanced and centered and rejuvenated as we go through 
through the holidays and through all of the events and people, places, and things to do during the holidays. You know, one of the things, Susie, I mentioned that I had just gotten back from vacation. And one of the things that I did, I really did try to make an effort to stick to even my bedtime routine, you know, of sticking to a a certain time of going to bed, even though I was on vacation and having a great time, because I just know I feel better when I do that. Yes, absolutely. And of course, when we have other events and things to do and places to go and people's people to see during the holidays. It's a fun time. And by all means, it's a time that we can celebrate and enjoy. And, you know, we may veer off of our, off of our plans a little bit, but to stay as close to it as possible, but also to, to give yourself some slack. If you eat some foods that you don't normally eat or you get to bed a little bit later, try to stay as close as possible but realize that that's just part of the holidays and part of the holiday fun. And, um, and just try to stay as close to it as you can. But perhaps, you know, everybody's a little bit different. Sometimes people need that kind of a perspective shift, that kind of a change in their schedules. So while for one person really staying close to it may be most beneficial, for another it may be really like a, a vacation, an extended vacation to give themselves permission for a month to, you know, go off their normal course. But by all means, what I encourage you to do, I mean, these are just some tips, is to uh, to eat and drink in moderation if you eat and drink differently than you normally do. And there are different things you can do if you're going to parties and, and events and you really don't want to partake in alcohol. I don't drink at all, so this is really easy for me. But for some people, it isn't so easy. And you can kind of, you know, the the idea of eat this instead of that. Uh, So, for instance, you could have um, juice or sparkling water or water with lemon instead of alcohol. Um, Depending on how casual the party is, I've been known to stop at a juice bar and bring like a little healthy organic juice with me that's so yummy and tasty and good for me. You can also, if you're going to a party and you're going to bring a dish or bring something, Bring something that's on the healthier side, something that you know that you'll eat. Because sometimes when it's a potluck, you really don't know what's going to be there and what you will eat. But that's always an option is to bring like a low sugar recipe dessert, for instance, or something. Additionally, when you're indulging, consider how you'll feel in the long term. A lot of times when we're going through, you know, enjoying ourselves with friends and, and at parties and, and different events, it's really fun to just jump in and eat whatever there is, overindulge in, in foods and beverages and whatnot. And by all means, we're always at choice. So this isn't as you should do this or you should do that. You get to choose always. But something that I think is helpful is to keep in mind how you feel in the long term versus in the short term. So the short term is to be satisfied with high sugar, high carb, indulgences, Uh, even beverage indulgences. However, the next day or in the upcoming weeks, sometimes we don't feel as good. Like I'm going to give an example. I went to visit some um, family in another state and had a wonderful time. And I was, um, I ate, I don't really eat sugar. I eat like a paleo diet where I eat very little sugar. And if I do, it's going to be coconut sugar, 
um, a reduced amount, maybe half the amount in a recipe. And so that's how I'm used to eating. But I was just so excited to be there with my friends or my family. And I had a wonderful time, but I just gave myself permission while I was there. It was just for five days over Thanksgiving to eat dessert each day. And what I noticed is my one piece of pie became two pieces of pie that day. And I came home and I didn't feel quite right. And I ended up with a bit of a rash. And it turns out that it had to do with my system becoming off balance because I ate foods that I'm not used to eating. And I had a a wonderful time. I really did. So I was very conscious and aware of my giving myself permission to do this. But I also remember when I got home that it took about a month to get my digestive flora and to get everything back on track. And so in hindsight, I thought, you know, that was really fun to have dessert and to give myself permission to do whatever I wanted and even have it twice in a day sometimes. But in hindsight, I would have chosen to maybe just have dessert on Thanksgiving Day and to reel myself in a little bit. That makes perfect sense because you're right. You, you know, you went away to visit family and was eating things that you don't normally do. I um, went with my fiance to Trinidad and was eating food that I'm not necessarily used to eating. So, and it was wonderful. But it, just talking about in the long run, you know, I maybe could have made better choices of what I was eating. That's for sure. So, Susie, one of the things that I really also wanted us to talk about today is letting go of the pressure to be normal, and I'm doing quote marks, normal, or to fit in or do it all right, or to do it at all. So can you just talk to that a little bit around the holidays and letting go of that pressure? Yes. Now, when you say that, are you talking about with respect to food or with respect to boundaries or a little of all of it? I think I'm talking about a little of all of it. And in particular, I'm talking about maybe it's the holidays and somebody's more of an introvert and they don't need as much hustle and bustle time. And then that, and that's okay. Okay. Yes. This is a bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of people because of all the invitations and all the obligations that some people experience during the holidays. They feel like they have to be places and they have to do things. And it can be draining. And sometimes there are things that people get invited to or or feel they need to go to that they don't really want to go to. Or maybe it's not even in their best, their highest and best interest. And so what I encourage you to do is get really set boundaries around what it is that you do. So if there's something you really must do, honor your needs and, you know, you absolutely must do it. Perhaps if you know it's not really, you're not up to it, it's not for your highest and best good, maybe you just make an appearance and set a time limit, you know, on how long you're going to be there. And sometimes setting boundaries means saying, no, I have a lot going on and I'm not up for this today or whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with saying no to say yes to yourself. And I mean, I've even those fam- the family I just discussed, um, they're, I just, I'm very close to them. It's my brother, my sister-in-law, my dad. 
I've even not gone for the holidays at times when I knew that I was depleted and that I really needed to just stay home and rest. And so not everybody feels they can do that with their family. And I know it's uncomfortable to do that sometimes. However, um, part of that is doing the work within to get comfortable enough to honor yourself, to love yourself, to give yourself what it is you need, and to just be willing to speak your truth. And it sometimes it rocks the boat. And I feel like if somebody doesn't honor me, I, I honor myself and my needs. And if somebody doesn't respect me enough to trust that I know what I need and what I can do and what I can't do, well, gosh, you know, <laughs> I, I pick me. And it doesn't mean I don't love and honor other people. I'm kind and I'm considerate. But um, I want to be with people who also understand that and love me enough to let me do what I need to do. And that's how my whole family is. Um, which is really wonderful. And I know it's not like that for everybody, but sometimes having that communication around how you're feeling, I'm tired, um, I've been pushing it really hard, or whatever it is, having that communication can be helpful. But I will say this, if you're not in the position to be able to do that, your family's not as understanding, and it's what for whatever reason, you just are not able to do that, and you really feel you must go or must do something even though you're tired or even though you want to be doing something else or feel a little bit uh, drained or whatever the circumstance may be, what you can do is just be aware within yourself of how you're feeling. Sleep a little bit later in the morning. When you get overwhelmed in rooms full of people or with your family, just excuse yourself and go for a walk or go step outside into the fresh air, which can be rejuvenating. Those are some great tips, Susie, because, you know, traveling for the holidays, especially if you're flying somewhere, and especially if you live somewhere where it snows and you're, you know, have delays in in your planes, and I don't know, it can just become a lot. So I think that's a great, great message is for people to really recognize their own needs and wants and just don't forget themselves in the mix. Absolutely. And we don't have to do it how it's always been done. It's every, a lot of things in the world are changing right now. And there isn't any reason that we can't change what the holiday rituals for our, within our families are or what we do, what we used to do and change it to what makes more sense. And that's going to be different for each person and each family. But if there were, I can't think of a better time to do it than during times like this when things are really changing. I mean, there have been holidays uh, due to in the past, you know, couple of years where it wasn't feasible to travel or for whatever reason, people didn't feel like, you know, that that's what they wanted to do. I mean, we've had some interesting uh, couple of years and it's, it's okay to do that and to make those changes. And I, I think people are starting to make those changes more and more. I'm hearing that more and more from other people I know and other families and clients and whatnot. You know, when you talked about just because things have been done one way, it doesn't mean it has to be done the same way all the time. I'm thinking back to, you know, 
It used to be, you know, everybody would travel to, to grandma's house. I'm just going to say for Christmas as an example. And everybody would be, be there opening presents. And then I saw a trend, really, of younger people that had families would be stay in their own home for the children to wake up in their own home to open up their presents. So that was even a change. And I noticed that probably 25 years ago, that change starting to happen. So let's talk a little bit about strategies or tips that we can add to our life that recharges and refuels us mentally, physically, and spiritually. During the holidays specifically? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, a few things um, that I really think are helpful are getting outside in nature, even though it's cooler in a lot of places, not everywhere, but a lot of places it is cooler outside, but there is something about that cool, crisp air, even if it's just a short walk outside or, you know, leaning up against a tree, um, taking a nice brisk walk or even a slow walk after having heavy meals and indulgences can be really helpful during the holidays. It keeps us um, moving. I mean, I, I feel like our bodies are made to move. And so during times like this, when we're busy, um, and it's cold outside, people might not be as, ins as inspired to move, but our bodies really do need movement. It helps with our lymphatic system and our circulation and everything, which always makes us feel better and have more energy. And so outside is a wonderful way to recharge, but it doesn't have to be outside. It could be fitting in some yoga in your living room. It could be joining a class, going to the gym. I would encourage you to keep your movement going. And if that isn't something you're doing now, you could start slowly. I know the holidays may not be the very best time to do it, but it also might be the very best time to do it, to just step outside and, and walk a little bit. So I would say that would be a really good tip. Um, if you're doing your, um, oh, this is like a side note, but um, obviously we're going to be out doing some shopping um, for our family and friends, giving gifts and I think it's a lot of fun to give gifts of self-care and positive experiences to other people so that they can take care of themselves and make memories instead of more stuff. And in addition, when you're out doing your holiday shopping, this is something that I've started to do. I don't really care to shop too much. Um, but when I do holiday shopping, it's become more fun to me because one thing I've noticed is that I've started to give myself gifts when I am out shopping for others. So um, I've noticed that when I, you know, I tend to get like my, my close family, um, I love blankets, like soft, fuzzy, uh, fun blanket throws. And so I get one for myself every year when I get one for uh, my kids, for instance. Um, I tend to get myself pajamas during the winter months. And I don't, I don't really necessarily wrap them up and put them under the tree, but I do hold on to them until close to Christmas time. And then I give those things to myself and it just makes the holiday shopping a lot of fun. And if I get somebody else a massage, I'm going to get me a massage too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, I, I love the tips that you're sharing. And I li liked that, that you were saying that when you're out shopping for family and friends, that you get yourself something as well. And I was just thinking, for example, getting those pajamas 
you know, there's so you see so many pictures of families in their matching pajamas. That's what just popped into my mind. You know, getting matching pajamas. You know, for for yourself and the for the kids and everything. Ours don't happen to match, but that would have been a fun idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, Susie, honestly, what is the holiday tradition that you like to look forward to? I um, I just love. I like spending time with my family. I like having game night and having a really good meal. Like we call it appetizer dinner, and we often do this on Christmas Eve, where we instead of having like a you know, a formal meal, we make appetizers. And so it's a bunch of really yummy appetizers. And then we have game night. And so that's one of my favorite things. Um, I do have a tendency during the holidays to have things around uh, treats that we normally, we don't eat um, junk food here very often or sweets, but I make recipes. So I like to have like pumpkin muffins in the morning and I have a really great, um, it's a simple Mills mix. That's a paleo mix. Uh, I like to have a few desserts around and I just use half, like I said, half of the sugar. I use um, whatever it calls for. I use half of it. So if it's agave or coconut sugar, uh, that's what I do is make them as healthy as I can. So that's fun because it's not something that we do very often, but I just make a few things like that. We have a lot of teas and holiday tea while we play our games and that's kind of fun. So I don't know. It's just fun to be with with the family, whether it's here and having other extended family come to visit us here, which is always fun. Um, or if it's going to visit them in another state, which we do that sometimes, too. So it's just a nice time to pause. And I do slow my schedule down. It sort of organically does that. But even if it didn't at that time, um, I take time off during the holidays. That's just a given to, to just put everything on pause, take care of myself and my family. Yeah, I love that idea of game night. One of the things that I just love doing is the weekend after Thanksgiving is when we put up the Christmas tree. And usually, you know, as the Christmas tree's going up, you know, I'll have the Christmas music playing. And over that course of the weekend, I start writing out my Christmas cards. And I know Christmas cards really are like old-fashioned things, but I love writing something personal and a quote for every person I send a Christmas card to. It may be something going on in their life. It, It may be something, you know, happy that they've been talking about but it's something personal I always sit down and really take that time and that means so much to me to you know as I'm I'm writing those cards out and I'm thinking about that loved person that I'm going to be sending the card to to really write something personal in it and you know not just sign my name for example that is that's a holiday tradition that I really do like of course as well as spending time with my family and friends That's sweet. That's something to hang on to for a long time. You know, things have changed so much. Handwritten notes and whatnot aren't done very often anymore. Now, what I'm going to ask and what I want to talk about now, it is not meant to be negative at all, but I think this is real life. And what advice or what tips, comments, would you have for someone who just doesn't want to be around their families for the holidays? 
And I'm talking about this specifically in terms of self-care. Are you talking about like they, they are obligated, they're going to spend time with their family, but they don't really want to, that type of a situation? Yes, yes. You know, because maybe there's some uh, something going on in the family and to like take care of their own mental wellness, they need to stay away. Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, if obviously sometimes the situation is to say no, but if for some reason you feel like you must go, you could make the, the visit shorter and just set some boundaries around that visit and just be there for a few days. Um, an individual in that position could stay at a hotel or stay somewhere else instead of at their family's house if they need a little bit of space. And again, finding opportunities to excuse themselves every once in a while to replenish. And at night, in those circumstances, sometimes people have, they struggle being around others if they're empathic and they're highly sensitive. So um, Elaine Aaron has a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. I believe that's what it's called. And it talks about special considerations and how to identify if you are highly sensitive. And Judith Orloff also has books about empaths. She's a, a doctor. And so those might be some interesting reads for somebody who is sensitive and, um, and they find it challenging to be around their family or other people in general. But I will say this, family has a tendency to bring up our wounds, the stuff that needs to be resolved within us. And so if somebody really, really dreads being around their family, and it doesn't mean that they're, you know, maybe there are some things that are very challenging within that family, but a lot of times being around the family triggers old hurts and pains and wounds. And so it's a good time to do therapy. It's a good time to work with a coach who does some deep inner work, like inner child healing, shadow work, for instance. Um, I've got to tell you, I had a client just this past week, a few days ago, who uh, we got on, um, I'm, we were doing telehealth, so we got on our video call, and I could feel that she had a real clog kind of thing in her throat before she could even feel it. I said, hey, there's something going on with your throat. Focus on this area. And because I was coughing, literally, like until she felt it, I was empathing it and going, okay, you got to feel into this. And then she felt like she was choking. So I had her follow that energy and feel into her throat. I just asked her, I said, okay, does this feel familiar? And she said, yes. And I asked her to, to, kind of ask her subconscious to show her the earliest time she felt like this or the most significant time. So she closed her eyes and she just got centered in herself. And pretty soon she sees an image of herself as a little girl, like, you know, five, seven years old. I can't remember the exact age who, as she was eating the turkey skin off of the turkey and kind of sneaking it. And then she ran off to hide underneath the dining room table and she started choking on the turkey skin. So she was having this dilemma of, uh, I'm choking. Do I tell them that I did something wrong or do I sit here and choke? And she's a little girl. So she was, you know, didn't really know what to do. And so I kind of worked with her on nurturing that inner child. And we, we did the inner work on that. You know, I kind of talked to her inner child and said, it's okay. You're not going to get in trouble. 
it's fun to do things like that sometimes, like eat the turkey, skin off the turkey. In fact, that holiday I was talking about earlier, that's what I was doing at my family's house, and I never do that. I ate so much skin off the turkey. It was hilarious. But anyway, so she just, it's like she nurtured her inner child, and her inner child relaxed, in, and she realized she doesn't have to be perfect. She talked to her inner child, and she's in this moment really doing some deep inner work, some shadow work, inner child healing. And really worked with herself, and I guided her on realizing that she doesn't have to be perfect. She was afraid of the judgment of her parents, and her parents actually were pretty judgmental. And so the what made all of this come up is that she's getting ready to go see her dad for Thanksgiving for the first time in three years. And so the dread and just that idea of going to visit her dad, who is judgmental, so she's stuff is starting to come up already. And that's what it took us to. But we were able to do the work to get her into a place where she's realizing she is empowered and she doesn't have to please everybody. And they might judge her, but judgment is really about her. She doesn't have to be perfect. She can just stay centered in her knowing of who she is and be the best version of herself. And she doesn't have to please everybody or live up to their expectations. And so that's just an example of how doing the work can work. And anyway, I asked her to check in with me a few days later, and she did check in with me. And within 24 hours, she actually thought she was getting sick when we got on the phone, uh, the throat thing, and she'd had some stuff going on in her lungs. And, um, And her throat and lung stuff, all of it was perfectly fine. She felt amazing just within 24 hours. And I forgot to mention, but that lung stuff, that had been brewing for about a week, gone. And we hold grief in our lungs. And so it's not surprising that there was some grief from when she was a child that we helped her to unpack and release. So because she did that kind of work, she's not dreading going to see her dad anymore. And I am going to see her again one more time before Thanksgiving. So we'll see if what else comes up, if anything else comes up. And we're going to get her into a place where she's ready to go visit her family for the holidays and that she doesn't have to fall into the same patterns and the same thought processes and the same um, interaction the way that it used to be because she's a grown woman now. She's in her mid-30s and she can be who she is. She doesn't have to tiptoe around and try to be perfect because of their own belief systems and um and the judgment that they placed upon her. She doesn't have to go with that anymore. Oh, Susie, that's a perfect example of doing doing that work for yourself during the holidays and being with your families. Honestly, what, I mean, we do get triggered by family. I know I've, I've mentioned that, but when we do get triggered, if you have got yourself set up with resources that can help you work through those traumas and those those upsets and those that discomfort, that's the gift in and of itself. The gift when those things appear for you. Now, it's whether or not you choose to take that up as a gift and look at that as a gift and work through it is always a choice. But people who do the work and who work through the triggers as they come up are more resilient, they're happier, they're freer. They get to a place of knowing who they are and being who they are and being okay with it unapologetically. And 
to how long it takes or how much work is required for each person to get to that place is going to be very unique depending on their circumstances, depending on their childhood, depending on their experiences, because we're like no snow, we're like snowflakes. No two of us are the same, but it is work that is so worth doing and makes life. It just frees us up to be who we are and live how we want to live and feel good about that. You mentioned the word trigger and can you just for for maybe somebody who doesn't know what that means, can you just explain that? Yes. Now this is not going to sound like a this is not going to be a scientific description. <laughs> but a trigger is like that feeling that you something gets a grip on you or a hold on you or it really upsets you and you may even kind of sub, you may even consciously realize that I don't know why I'm so upset because it's not that big of a deal. Someone said something and you can't seem to let it go. It's got a grip on you. And you may even sense the trigger in your body. Like you feel a place in your body that feels tight or constricted or um, uncomfortable or sometimes even painful. And you can't even understand exactly why did this happen except that something just changed. Something just happened. I was with this person. They said something. Or maybe you're not even aware of what it was that happened, sometimes just being around a person that you've had history with that's been challenging can trigger you and you don't even understand or know why. And sometimes you do know why. But doing, um, getting to the root cause and going deeper in is not always easy to do for yourself. And it can become easier once you become more aware and you get more accustomed to working with things, the emotional, mental stuff, as it comes up, as you get triggered and you work through several instances of them, um, that's one of the things I like to do with my clients is, yes, I help them to unpack this stuff. And sometimes it is deep. And sometimes it even goes back to in the womb. Um, Or for some people who believe in past lives, yes, I do work with that as well. Um, Depends on your belief system. But once we get used to doing that work. I like to teach my clients how to work with it on their own because it's it's helpful to have those tools. And so that's eventually what the goal is with my clients is to get them used to doing this inner work and get accustomed to it and realize that they can do it or at least give it a shot um, as things come up in their lives. And it's very empowering to have the tools to be able to work with that stuff as it comes up. Because everybody's got stuff and all of us get triggered whether we really realize it or not. And once we unpack uh, the childhood traumas and the wounds, and it doesn't have to be childhood, can be any time that we can have a trauma or an upset or a wound, and we get better at processing it, that we don't get triggered as often. And it's just easy to work through it in real time. Susie, and thank you for saying it. We all have our own triggers. And you know, what triggers one person may not bother anybody else in the, in the least, but that's when we, that's when that self-awareness comes in, knowing what triggers us and doing, and doing that shadow work. Yes. And we don't have control over everything that goes on around us. I can remember back in the day when it was before I was a therapist, it was before I was doing the work that I do um, you know, I can remember being in my, my mid-20s and somebody would say something and I would be like, I was feeling so good. And then why did they have to say that? And 
I just think it's funny now when I look back because, but, but a lot of people feel like that. They think it's outside of them. I'm doing just fine and everything outside of me is what's messing things up. And when you get really real with yourself, you start to realize it's an inside job. I've got to work with these triggers, unpack this stuff, and then I won't be bothered by it because there's going to be a lot of stuff going on outside of you. There's a lot of stuff going on around the world, but that doesn't have to control you or dictate how you feel. We are, we can be sovereign beings. And when we do the work on the inside, as you said in the beginning of this podcast announcement or your um, wonderful introduction, when you do the work on the inside, the external world, it all, it starts to change. It starts to, it changes how you see the world, but the world responds to you differently too. So whatever it is that you're looking for outside of yourself, whether it's validation, respect, compassion, love, support, understanding, when you find those things within yourself and really learn how to do every one of those things for yourself. And I don't mean just a little bit cognitively. I mean, you're feeling it in your bones, love for yourself or understanding, or you respect yourself because you know your integrity and you live in your truth. You walk it, you speak it. When you're doing those things for yourself, and you really mean it, like you feel it in your bones and that's in your, your makeup, people outside of, outside of you, people around you will treat you differently too. And if they don't, like let's say, for instance, um, well, I've got a, uh, uh, a person who told me that uh, he said, you command respect. And I thought, I command respect? What, what do you mean? <laughs> like I'm not asking people around me to respect me. He said, no. He said, you respect yourself and it shows. And people treat you with respect. And they do. And, and if they don't, then it's, um, it doesn't work for me. Those people, if somebody's disrespectful, um, you know, it may be a situation where it calls for a conversation. But I don't align with people that are disrespectful to other people. Um, and so they just don't tend to be in my field of, you know, they just don't tend to gravitate around me. And I don't gravitate around them. And it's, you know to each his own, but somehow I've noticed that I've got really great relationships and the relationships start with all of our relationships really start with the relationship we have with ourselves. And we don't Mm -hmm. have control over how other people are and how they behave. But I'll tell you what, when you start walking your talk and when you start truly loving yourself and treating yourself with love and respect, you model what healthy behavior is and you, you model for them what's possible and it's empowering. And some people will be like, wow, you're glowing. You're doing really well. What are you doing? And want to know and want to learn from you. And some people will maybe be threatened or intimidated and they may not like it because they didn't, they don't have you exactly the place they used to have you. And uh, this happens with a lot of my clients as they, as they grow and as they flourish. And then there are some choice points to make there, but you get so strong in your knowing that you spend less time with those people, let them fade out, um, or they come along, they join you. I love everything that you just said, especially as you begin to love yourself, respect yourself, the outside world follows suit, so to speak. And these concepts can apply during the holidays as well. So a lot of the tricky situations, I, I know I'm bringing it back around to the holidays because that's how we started with this conversation But I went a little deeper, a little deep dive, but 
how we handle those situations with our families and our friends ultimately is, is an inside job. And as we do the work, we also become more resilient, not only in speaking our truth and setting boundaries, but we become more, more resilient energetically as well. And so we're not as drained by people and situations around us because we begin to carry the vibration within ourselves and we hold it better. We hold a higher, more positive vibration that's more solid and we become more whole. And we, and as a result, we can be in, we can be around other people and in situations that perhaps could be perceived as draining, except that we become better at being whole within ourselves and knowing who we are. And then we're not as affected by it. And that's true yes. for even empathic people. Strengthen um, our resolve and our constitution and our sovereignty. Love everything that you just said. So do you have any last parting words around self-care during the holidays? There's just one more thing I'd like to throw in. Um, for people who are uh, sensitive and who sometimes you get around a lot of people, um, you feel, you know, you just feel like a little drained or tired or almost like, you know, you get a bunch of like pig pen, like a bunch of energy around you that just doesn't feel, feels heavy. Maybe you, you go in and you feel fine and you come out and you don't. Um, there are some things that you can do. Well, for instance, if you need to go into the mall and shop, go during slower hours instead of during the really busy times. We can limit our, our TV, our news, our social, ex social media. During the holidays or any time, you get to set boundaries around that. I really don't engage in any of that. To focus on you and to focus on your life. Something else that you can do when you get home from parties or from the mall or wherever it is that you've been, um, stressful environments, is that I think it's really helpful to take a sea salt bath or an Epsom salt bath when you get home to just change your clothes, get in some salts that really help you to relax and to, they actually have an energy clearing effect. So you can do that. Um, you can even um, buy some white sage or some Palo Santo and uh, smudge where you basically light that, you know, have a bowl or something under it and light uh, either the little Palo Santo sage or the smudge bundle um, on fire and just blow it out. So there's just some smoke and then you can sort of just sort of wave that around um, your body and just set the intention to cleanse and clear your energy field. And that those are just a few things that you can do. Um, there is a chapter. I wrote a book. It's called Mastering Self-Care, Building Resiliency Through Healthy and Mindful Living. And there is a lot of great information. It's um, about multiple dimensions of self-care, how to uh, start with self-care practices, self-care strategies. But there is a specific chapter in there related to energy management and clearing that has all kinds of different ideas of ways that you can cleanse your energy field to get lighter and to feel brighter. So there's a lot of stuff in there. And I'll put the link to your book in the, in the show notes. My last question is what does 2023 look like for you? That's do you have a any new, <laughs> I was going to say, do you have any new projects coming up or what does it look like? 
<laughs> That's a good question. I've been sitting with that. Um, I am working on, I found a recording um, booth and somebody to help me. I haven't gotten too far, but I have had plans to release some subconscious belief meditations. And I wrote these meditations like three years ago. And I've just recently found the booth and somebody that can help me to do it the way that I want it, do it. So those will be coming out. I don't have a specific date, but I'm sure I'll be putting them on my website and onto YouTube. I am feeling just intuitively that there's going to be some changes with how I work and the work I work and the things I do, I love, and um, they truly are a joy, but there's something uh, new and different coming and I can feel it, but I don't quite know exactly what it is yet. So I would imagine that it's going to involve more podcasts and more communication, you know, through YouTube or more workshops the speaking is not something I've been doing it for years and I don't see that slowing down. In fact, I think it's actually going to uh, amp up and there are going to be some other, some different opportunities and whatnot. As far as writing a book, I don't have a second book on the agenda right now, but I, I do intend to uh, get my book um, recorded as an audio book. And rather than having somebody else be the voice for that book, which I know authors often do that, I will be the voice for the book because I realize that each one of us has a frequency. And if, if I do the voice of the book, if I am the voice of the book, then whoever it is that's listening is going to get the love and the frequency that I carry. And that is really important to me. So that's what I'll be doing. That all sounds really exciting. And and Susie, I totally agree with you about you being the voice of your book because you are just so knowledgeable and so passionate about self-care that it, it, that only seems right that you be the one to put that out into the world. Thank you. I look forward to it. That is definitely something that will be coming next year. So can you tell our listeners your website and how to find you and work with you? Absolutely. I have two businesses and two different websites. Uh, BlossomingHeartCenter.com is the business that I do energy healing work through. And I also do public speaking like psycho-spiritual workshops. And there's there are lots of resources on the website, including blogs, podcasts, meditations. Uh, you'll just have to check it out. And then the other business is selfcarespecialists.com. And through that business, I offer psychotherapy in the state of Kansas. And I also offer workshops that are uh, based around self-care, mindfulness, self-love, etc. And for um, some of those workshops, I offer continuing education uh, in the state of Kansas, that is, I'm a provider and a, a continuing education provider. But those workshops are not limited to the state of Kansas by any means. N none of them are. And so um, I can travel and, uh, and deliver presentations and workshops and whatnot. So those are, um, one business is kind of geared, Blossoming Heart Center is geared more towards the spiritually minded uh, individuals that are uh, really interested, that tends to be light workers, healers, intuitives, leaders. And then the other business, self-care specialist, is geared towards care for the caregiver, stress management for the professional. 
both of those sites have a lot of resources. I love everything that we've talked about on the podcast today, and I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here and talking about ways that we can take care of ourselves during, you know, the busy holiday season. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Cindy, for having me again. I always enjoy our time together, and I thank those of you who are listening for taking time out for yourself and to learn more about self-care. So if you love what you're hearing, make sure to follow Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast on any of your listening platforms. And thank you so much to Susie Devon for joining us. Come on over to Instagram. That is where I spend most of my time when it comes to social media. I'm at cindy.macmillan on Instagram. Make sure you're following me. Say hello. I'd love to hear from you.